1: Yay! Yay! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the uh, the Veterans Minimum Baseball Podcast. I was always—I was really about to say uh, just like the football podcast, but it's because I've been doing a little bit of draft mode. But we are into the baseball season, and I am joined by the main man
2: himself, Mister Bossman. Good, Sam. Was good time. Yeah, it's a hectic week. We got the NFL draft. Most importantly, today we got the baseball. You know, the baseball rundown, and then obviously NBA playoffs in full swing. So. Yeah, yeah man. there's a ton going on, so I can't blame you for, like, you know, a little confusion there. Yeah,
1: man. Play- it's a, we had the playoffs. We had, like you said, the playoffs. And then baseball is like, it's been exciting. It's been an interesting first month or so. Uh, you're, you're finally starting to see which teams are for real and which teams aren't, and which teams are just trying to figure it out. And, um, we have, we have a really good show for you guys today. Uh, before we get into that, we just want to remind you to please support us on social media. Uh, it goes a long way, so please, if you can, give us a review on iTunes, and also, if you want to follow us on social media, it's at Veterans Minimum. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. I just released a video on Instagram like right before I got on here, if you want to go check that out. Uh, it's at Veterans Minimum. Uh, also on Twitter, it's at Veterans Minimum. It's Facebook at Veterans Minimum, and Another thing you could do if you really want to help us out, if you really want us to continue to keep bringing you as much content as possible, we have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash veterans minimum there. You can donate however much you want. We have a bunch of tiers where you could pick, uh, what you, what you want and you get some extra perks. So a lot of those perks are like, you get to join a discord where we're all in and you get to join a community. Also you get to play in our brackets. You get to, uh, you get you get some shout outs on the shows. There's I'm, I'm forgetting so many things, but please go to Patreon dot com slash veterans minimum and check out uh, the stuff that you can get oh, extra episodes. How can we forget extra episodes? How can I forget extra episodes? So, yeah, go check that out. And without any further ado, um, a big story in baseball that everyone was kind of talking about this week because of Tim Anderson is the bat flip situation. And it's caused a lot of controversy on Twitter. A lot of people all of a sudden are coming out and saying that when you being a player for bat flipping, then that's a cowardly act and you shouldn't do that. And uh, a lot of people are blaming the MLB for this. Like it's an MLB rule or something, but it's not, it's just, you know, player self policing. So boss, um, let me ask you a question in terms of just it, Hitting a player in general, right? Right. Do you believe that intentionally hitting a dude, no matter what, is something that should be in play? Like, not even, don't even, let's not even think about the fact of the bat flip right now. It's just hitting a guy. Is that something that you think should be in play?
2: I think so. I think I mean, that's what I grew up on, you know? Like, like you said, policing the game. So when you try and go up and in, right? Not trying to hit someone. When you try and go up and in, that's when you like, and you miss a spot that's when things get dicey and, you you know, you see people get hit toward the helmet area or the head area, the neck area, the shoulders. But when you're trying to hit someone intently and deliver a message, it's always in the back, you know, in the ribs or in the tush, you know, the legs area. It's you never hardly ever see it thrown up high at the head, you know, the area. Cause you know, when you're delivering that pitch, you're trying to hit them, right? You're not trying to injure them. You're trying to send a message. Sure, it can lead to injury, obviously, if unfortunately, but that's part of the game in terms of like the throwing at people, um, in terms of retaliation or sending a message. But I have no problem with it, and it's definitely part of the game,
1: yeah. I think that a lot of the like a lot of people are saying, you know, you can get hurt or, or someone can get hurt. And there was one guy who, in um, the early part of the century, the, the in the 40s or the 50s, I can't, I can't remember exactly who did die because of a head injury um, they weren't wearing helmets back then and right. you know so you have to you have to think like okay what what is the worst that could happen right because you look at all the other sports and there is policing in other sports as well if somebody comes down the lane in basketball and dunks it in your face and stands over you and and flexes the next time that he comes into the plate you're going to knock the shit out of him Period. You're just going to knock the shit out of him when he comes to the plate. Now, if you're in football, right, and a wide receiver catches a a ball on you and he flexes and he dances in front of you and he goes, the next time that receiver comes across the middle, guess what happens? He gets hit a little harder. In hockey,
2: if a player's out out of line, they literally drop their gloves and fight each other. Bro, if you go to the crease in hockey, you're getting put on your ass. If you're anywhere remotely near the blue paint or by the goalie, Forget about it. Like, you better be ready to put your arms up because you're getting cross-checked, you're getting hit, you're getting everything. And cleanly, like, you know, that's that's just hockey. Like, that's policing the game. Right. So,
1: yeah. There's got to be a way, like, in baseball. Okay, so let's say you ban hitting people on purpose in any way, shape, or form, right? How do you police the game then? How do you keep people in check? How do you make sure that the shady shit doesn't happen? You can't. You can't. Because exactly because when you hit someone, it's not just for bad flipping, and that's just what it is now. Because but it's it's for stealing signs, it's for if maybe you, they catch you cheating in a way, it's for if you're talking slick,
2: you know. What I mean, you're, it, if you're going in hard to second base, right?
1: If you're going in hard to second base, like
2: these are all things that
1: they, you need to check. You you need to be able to check someone when they do things like that, and I think that. A lot of I think a lot of this debate is just centered around just hitting someone on purpose in general. And I think that's all right. But on the other on the flip side, let me ask you your opinion. Boss, are you more of an old school guy or are you a new school guy? Should the bat flip be more prevalent in baseball?
2: I do consider myself old school for sure, for sure. But like I'm, I feel myself adapting with the times. And I mean, you have to obviously. And I'm completely cool with the bat flip. You know, like, admire your shot, but, yo, just expect, like, you know, some guys are going to be ticked off, right? So, if you want to admire your shot, pimp your shot, like, I'm all for it, do it, but in the back of your head, you should realize that, hey, I might see one at my numbers next to that bat, and that's cool, and if you really think about it, I th- it's an advantage to the hitters, right? Like, of course, you're pissed for getting thrown at, obviously, it's intentional, But at the end of the day, you're you're, you're a base runner, right? And in the particular case of Tim Anderson, had he not been ejected, which was, in my opinion, beyond stupid with Joe West throwing out Tim Anderson. Ridiculous. And then suspended on top of it, which is also stupid. But if you're Tim Anderson and you pimp a home run and you get hit and you're on first base, bro, you're one of the top base runners in the game of baseball. Like I'd be like, okay, you're going to hit me. I'll get on. I'll swipe second. I want to put myself in scoring position for the middle of the lineup to drive me home. So, at the end of the day, the pitcher is only hurting himself more. Right? He's doing more good than bad. You're putting someone on, a guy who's a threat to steal at that, and then you're just getting yourself in. You're taking yourself a deeper hole at the end of the day. So, you know what? I'm a fan of the bat flip. I think it needs to be a part of today's game. It's It's one of the few ways to show character on the field. So, if you're going to do it, do it. And just expect, you know, there is consequences. There's potential consequences at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, in terms of the bat flip, like the end of the inning. In terms of the bat flip, like, yo, I am all for the bat flip. Like, I cannot stress enough that I wish that every time someone hit a ball in the gap, they would pop up and they'd make a gesture towards the dugout. And in, in today's game, that's happening more and more. Right? I wish when someone hits a bomb. They flip that bat and they watch it go. And you know what else I like? I like to watch the idiots who don't get all of it and think they got it and they're run, r- walking to first base and then it falls for what should have been a double and it was actually a single. Or uh, a dude catches it on the warning track and he feels like an idiot. I'm Yo, was- all about every single part of that.
2: The prime candidate like, <laughs> that sticks out in my head or you just said it was Luke Voigt on the Yankees because I watch him every day. Yo, he does the, like the – a modified version of the Sammy Sosa hop, like, every time he thinks he gets a hold of one. <laughs> it's like a pop-out So like, not even the warning check. I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? He did it last year in the playoffs, got a triple at least, you know, hit the top of the wall, and he came back in. I was like, oh, my God, this guy's, like, pimping shit, but at least he's running it out. So, can't complain. But, yo, every time like I see someone pimp something, it doesn't go out. I get so pissed at the player. Oh, my God. you drives we- me crazy.
1: With Voight, it's kind of – I see I see them do that as well. It's kind of wholesome at least. Like it's just – I feel like it's just a dude that's excited. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> so like there's that. And a lot of bad flips come from that. Like, yo, sports takes raw emotion. And like even though baseball gets a bad rap because it's such a long sport, that doesn't change the fact that baseball is still an emotional sport. People want to win. And, and you have to check your emotions a little more. That's why it's more of it, – it's always been more of a gentleman's sport because you can't be – an emotional, crazy Russell Westbrook person for hundred and sixty-two games plus the playoffs. He's like, you just can't. You'll burn yourself out. But you have to. You have to have that that fire and that edge, and you have to let that fire and that edge out sometimes. And this is how it is. You have to let it out. But but there is certain situations where you go too far, right? The Tim Anderson bat flip. Why it got such uh. I don't know, bad rap was not because it was, it was in a whatever situation, blah, blah, blah. It's because he took that thing and he tossed it overhand, <laughs> you know, across the way. And he just started talking shit like he was like he was on his swag. You know what I mean? So like when that happens, as much as I am for the bat flip, I am so, so, so in favor of also hitting that motherfucker when he gets back to the plate. You have to, you have to hit him because you cannot let someone disrespect you like that on the mound. And you know, a lot of people, I, I had this conversation on Twitter with a bunch of guys and a lot of them were like, nah, that's pussy shit. Let the guy play. D- don't worry about all that nonsense. Like, oh, don't, don't make a guy um, pay for the fact that he was doing his job against you. Like, nah, there's, how there's about, consequences to actions.
2: How about this though? How about, it's kind of funny. You've mentioned that. Let them play. Let them play. Because at the start of the year, though, the MLB was airing this commercial just about, like, you know, ESPN, MLB Network. The let the kids play was the hashtag. And now, like, you know, you see it on full display. A home run. Granted, they were down, I think, pretty big. And it was kind of a meaningless home run. But a home run, nonetheless. He pimps it, and then he gets drilled. So, you know, you say let the kids play, but then you also suspend him for his actions. You know, it's kind of, like, confusing at the same time to me. I,
1: I, sure, it, it is. It, it, I mean, at this – yeah, I, I mean, that I don't like the fact that let the kids play has become the hashtag because it's kind of an ironic hashtag. It's kind of like when Twitter takes something, um, and that happens a lot in these days is the Twitterverse. Like the Twitter just takes something and turns it into something completely different because let the kids play is not meant for the people on the field. It's meant for the kids at home.
2: I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know I, man. I think what the kids play is more like, yo, like have some more fun out there, be way more loose. And I mean, we saw it early on. I don't know if you saw it, Tim, uh, I think it was like the next day or a day later. Um, obviously Garcia, who's on the Tampa Bay Rays now, former White Sox, who was Tim Anderson's teammate in Chicago, hit a big home run, a go ahead home run against the or a tying home run against the Red Sox. And he did the same exact bat flip, the, the overhand toss. I guess it was like a sort of paying homage thing like yo it's my boy i'm gonna back him up yeah but it was, it was pretty neat to see that so like that's where i see like let the kids play like yo it's my boy i'm gonna back him up like he did it i'm gonna do it too like do something about it you know what i'm saying so I, i'm down it's pretty cool to see like i'm down to see it i remember when it first happened or like the most epic obviously backflip is jose batista the you know the, the al was that the wild card or the ds i forgot it was a big playoff home run and i'm um, the iconic backflip in toronto and I hated it. I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand it. If you asked me whatever it was three years ago, I, I would say I would never adapt. And Jose Batista deserves one at the numbers. But I'm warming up to it, man. I'm I'm kind of open to it now.
1: I'm down, I'm look, I'm down for let the kids play. I do believe that Tim Anderson's suspension shouldn't have happened. I I, I think it definitely should not have happened, right? Uh, it probably more happened. Not it wasn't because of the bat flip. It was because of what happened post bat flip. You know what I mean? So right, right. it's not exactly they. It's not like they suspended him because of the bat flip. But I'm also like I'm also in favor of the policing, bro. Like a lot of people on Twitter were telling me, "Hey, it it's it's really it's a cowardly act to hit someone after they take you deep just because they went deep." But it's not like that. They did. They didn't just go deep. They went deep and then they rubbed it in your face. They rubbed your face in it. And right. yeah. Everyone should be peace and there should be love and peace signs and and everyone getting along everywhere. But at the end of the day, like, look, me and you played ball, right? Uh, That was my sport growing up. I played for my I played in high school. I played for travel teams. I played I I play a lot of baseball all the time. And there are just things that stir you up and you do things that you're not supposed to do. Ron Artest ran into the fucking stands and punched a fan. (laughs) okay sometimes people do things they're not supposed to do we are primates at the end of the day right so it's like yo you you can say all you want about that but when you take the next step like tim anderson did right and you overhand throw that shit you talk shit right there's gotta be a just like a man-to-man checking that just happens bro like yo dude yo even in Guys fight. Guys fight each other. This is how it goes. Guys retaliate against each other when guys feel disrespected. Bad things happen. In fact, most of the bad things in this world and history happen because one powerful dude felt disrespected. You can't ask people not to retaliate. It's just it's it's too much. It's it's you. need some way to put police the game internally, and I think this is the way to do it. I don't see a problem with it at all.
2: I agree. Like you said, like guys fight. We are primates at the end of the day. It's like defending your territory if someone intrudes or disrespects your territory you retaliate and that's what happens. Tim Anderson flips. I think it was Brad Keller uh, beams him like retaliates like that's his field for the day. You know that's his mound and if you're going to stand there and show him up while he's on the mound like he's going to feel some type of way and that I think that's fine still. You know what's crazy Tim? I know you know we were at a wedding this week. We had this discussion at the cocktail hour like it's just been it's like It's been it's like the topic of the week in baseball. He is bat flipping okay, and one of my buddies who didn't play baseball. I mean, he's a huge baseball fan, but didn't play growing up. Was like nah, nah, you know, um, injury and stuff like that. Like throw like that's not emotional. That's you know, um, like calculated retribution. And I was trying to say, you know, it's it's emotional. Like you're not you're throwing at him because he he uh, you know he showed you up right much and stuff like and you're not throwing to injure him you're not throwing at his at his wrists right how small of a target is that if you're trying that's intent to injure right if you were deliberately trying to throw under his hands or at his hands okay intent to injure of course but you're throwing at his back you're trying to hit him you're not trying to miss him and send the message trying to hit him in the back or in the tush or in the legs not in the head which is also another small target not in the hands small target you are trying to hit this man there's no intent to injure. It's sending a message. So, I think that one nah, thing. I'm, saying, like, I'm yeah. down with it. I'm down yeah. with
1: it. I, there. I think there is there is one exception to the rule that I think that. All right. So in the American League, everyone knows that you know pitchers don't bat. So when pitchers bean someone, they don't have to pay the price like in the National League. Like in the National League, if a pitcher starts the problem, the pitcher's the one that gets it. Um, in the American League, it's not like that. So what happens is a lot of the time, like the best player on your team would be the one who gets plunked. Right. You know, as retribution, that's
2: where I'm like, all right. uh, I mean, I get it, but I can live without that one. I feel like that happens most recently or most, I guess, famously or widely known with the Sox and Manny Machado where I think it was Pedroia.
1: Yeah, last year.
2: Or Machado slid it hard into Pedroia. Someone slid hard into Pedroia, and then Machado got beamed.
1: That was a whole (laughs) saga. They kept going back and forth and back and forth. They wouldn't stop.
2: Yeah, yeah. He was very pissed about it. Like, he's like, yeah, I have no respect for that franchise anymore, blah, blah, blah. And then you had Pedroia saying, yeah, I didn't tell my guy to hit him. So, like, that kind of stirred up the Red Sox clubhouse because he didn't really have his guys back when he had his back, so to say. So it does cause a ton of drama, but yo it's the game like if there's no policing within the players then who's gonna do it you know what i'm saying so you got to keep it in man it's part of the game you can't just outright throw someone out or something eject someone for hitting someone you know ret- retaliation i think you got to give them their chance
1: you ever hit someone on purpose in baseball or get our got hit on purpose
2: I was never good enough to get hit on purpose, but I did pitch a bit and I did get hit a bit because I wasn't good enough either then <laughs> on the mound. But um, I don't know if I hit someone on purpose, but I definitely like felt I wanted to hit someone on purpose. That's for sure.
1: I I've done both. Yeah. Yeah. Because all right, so I'm, I'm telling you, I know you were you were
2: you were always like in the middle of line, but a big power guy, so I could see why you would possibly get hit.
1: So. Yeah, it was it was because I pimped other out a home run. Yeah, yes, I, yeah, because I nah, thanks, bro. <laughs> but I pimped out a home run. That's why I got hit. I pimped out a home run, got hit. I took it like a man. I'm like, all right, that's cool. You hit me. It's all good, because I I I uh I was actually talking shit to this kid. I I talk a lot of shit when when I play. Uh, as you could probably tell by what you hear every week here. But I talk <laughs> a lot of <laughs> but I talk a lot of shit every time I play. So this one kid, he always pitched backwards. Um, you know Tony, bro. You know Tony. Uh, Joey, Joey's cousin. Tony. Um. Anyway, uh, so that, that, that's another story. So he he pitches backwards. So I I had I had the scouting report on him, and I would like so, told my players.
2: So what do you mean by pitching backwards, though? Like, oh, like he all speed
1: he'll start you off with the off speed to set up right, a fastball. Right, right. Like, yeah. And, that's, and that was really uh that was rare back in that day. And he would use it really effectively. So I told all my, all of my players like, yo, he pitches backwards. Watch out for the curveball here. I'll, I'll be calling them out. Right. And then I, I hit like a bomb. Uh, it, it wasn't a home run. Cause there was no fences where we were, Uh, but like a bomb opposite way shot that probably would have been a home run any other way. So, and the next time I came up, he just beamed me and I took it, but, when I hit someone, I was on the mound and I was pitching and I, I wasn't a great pitcher. I got little fingers. So I, uh, I only came in when it was like super blowouts. And right. so like I was, it was like a nine run lead. And this kid, I, I walked him and he stole second base. <laughs> and then he stole third base on the next two pitches. I'm like, okay. You want to Sounds like
2: your fault, bro. Sounds like your fault. You got all your runners, <laughs>
1: and that's that's when that's when I hit the next two batters that came up, and I almost got on. Hold a fight. on,
2: but were you losing nine nothing, or, or were? Oh yeah, we
1: were losing. We were losing.
2: Oh, we were okay, losing. so then okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so
1: they were up like by sense. mad runs, mad runs. Like the game was over. Like you, when I'm pitching, you know, the game's over, not because I'm the closer. Uh, let's put it that way.
2: Yeah, you want to hear a great story? Yeah. We we're in – this is like online with showing people up. Similar to your story, we we're in Baltimore. It was me and a couple of buddies. We went down for like a Yankee game. And I think it was Ellsbury stole home on a wild pitch. You know, it got away. It was a close play at the dish. But regardless, took home to make the game like 5 nothing. Long story short, the Orioles come back. This guy starts chirping us like, yeah, hey, real classy. You guys stealing home up five runs or whatever. It was like the fifth or sixth inning. That run wound up being the winning run because the Yankees won like 5-4. And we saw him after the game. We're like, yeah, that's why you still home, bitch. <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious. It was a little back and forth. But that was more of like an old school thing, you know, like the old school mentality of, you know, you shouldn't be running up, whatever. Not as bad as yours, though. Nine zero is a lot of fucking – that's that's kind of game in hand. Yeah, that's – 5-0 isn't really game in hand.
1: I always hated it because I, I coached a really terrible softball team as well back in the day, and the s- coaches used to always run up the score, and I used to like – Like yo, if I was on that fucking mound, man. (laughs) (laughs) But that's enough with our reminiscing about the glory days. Let's get into some news of the week. What do you say, man?
2: Some news? I'm down for some news. Is it
1: two news? The last two weeks, actually.
2: Does the news just spell like vertically? Y E L I C H.
1: (laughs) It might. We're gonna say that for last. We can get into it a little bit. But um, let's start with Ramon Liriano, man. Dude, again, what we saw him do. He, he was at the warning track in left center field and he overthrew the first baseman by like 10 feet. They still yeah. turned double play out of it. it. What is he in the conversation for best defensive center fielder in baseball?
2: I think he's gotta be just cause he can chase everything down. And the small tidbit you left out of that great play was that it was a robbed home run.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even remember that.
2: Like, and then, yeah, I mean, the dude's a beast since so he really got called up full time uh, sometime last year. I remember the first season, I was watching, I mean, the first series of this season, they played the Red Sox, and he was just like, he had like three outfield assists in the first series. And he was throwing people out at third. I th- he threw Bogarts out at third in like the ninth inning of one game when he was the tying run. So, yo, the dude has a hose. He looks like he's five foot eight, gets up on the wall, robs home runs, and he's fast as shit. I mean yeah, I wouldn't I definitely could see him winning some gold gloves during his time if he's able to, you know, stay as an everyday player. I don't So understand. yeah, I don't I don't think it's crazy my bad Tim. I don't think it's okay. crazy to throw him in there with like a JBJ for a best defensive center fielder even early in his career. It might be a hot take, but yo, know, he has the arm, he has he has the numbers, he has a few assists already early in the season, and he has the speed to track balls in the gaps and take outs away.
1: It's kind of crazy that or take
2: hits away, I should say, I'm sorry.
1: Dude, it's kind of crazy how good his arm is. Because we've seen good arms in the past. Remember Vladimir Guerrero and Ichiro right field? Do I
2: remember Vladimir Guerrero?
1: Yeah. Come on. don't told me like that. Dude, I still remember when the Yankees passed on Vladimir Guerrero to sign Gary Sheffield. (laughs) And how, like, I was like, I can't believe it. I cannot believe they just did that. I really can't. You know, I've seen on Twitter, like, Vladimir Guerrero has been the subject of a lot of, like, analytics hate. That he wasn't nearly as good as people thought he was based on these analytics that people are putting together.
2: Bro, Vlad was an anomaly. That's why. That dude did whatever he can, like, whenever he wanted to.
1: It's true. Yeah, He did it like golf. 320 a few times. Like, I don't even understand what that... nah,
2: yeah, He was putting up MVP caliber years. Like, year in, yes. you're out.
1: Yeah. I, if if I'm not watching that, then I'm not watching baseball. I don't know. Uh, Number two, Pete Alonzo begs Mickey Calloway to start. Now, he had a I can't remember the name of the pitcher, but he had a.
2: Uh, was it, was it Daniel Hudson?
1: So uh, I I can't I can't it remember. I look it up. Hudson. Right, right. So he had he had a rivalry with him way back in the day,
2: the and college days. In the college played,
1: days, yes. They were they Mr. were. Mister
2: Hudson played at Mississippi State, and Alonzo played at SEC Florida, so SEC foes.
1: And they hate each other, like for real, for real, hate each other. Right. And he was supposed to get the day off. And he went up to Mickey Calloway and he said, please, please let me bat against this guy. Uh, please, please let me get in my rips. I hate him. He really begged. They put him in the lineup and he pulled a what has become a signature Pete Alonso home run earlier, early in the season to just the opposite way, dead center field, a laser beam right to center field. Uh, he's been making a habit out of that. Uh, pretty cool story, pretty cool story of redemption, Pete Alonzo. But also, have you had a chance to really see Pete Alonzo play? And if you do, do you think this power production that he's had is something that he can continue, or do you think the legal adjust?
2: Nah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that was his first home run off his starting pitcher, which I found kind of interesting Um, because he, do, he does do much. I remember I was at a, the Nationals game earlier in the year. He hit one. Uh, off their bullpen, which, I mean, who isn't hitting the Nationals bullpen these days? But, um, yeah, I think it's sustainable. I mean, he was a beast in the minor leagues last year, kind of deserved the call up last year, but they kept him down. And now he's wor- – he, I think he's every bit of talent he was hyped up to be, right? Like, I know – like, you're a Met fan, obviously, so who have the Mets had homegrown, you know, as a position player since David Wright and Jose Reyes, really. It's been, I feel like, a long time. So when they finally have this, I guess, I don't want to call him a transcendent talent, but a top talent uh, early in the season and a hype talent, like he was a top prospect, it's probably, like, it's got to be a good, like, fun to watch.
1: It's it's more than fun to watch, man. It's, like, it's also, like, super refreshing. Because you're right, we haven't done anything like that. Like we really haven't, we haven't had a player like David Wright was our last position player that we really groomed to be an all-star, but he wasn't really a power bat. So this is the first guy that and even his, his ground ball outs are extremely <laughs> loud. Like they yeah. are super, super loud. So, and, and they're hard, they're hard hit. So in Dakota Hudson, that's why I couldn't think of his first name, man. Oh, I said Dakota Hudson. Dakota, right. Dakota, Dakota Hudson, man. I knew uh, going through the States. Uh, Dakota wasn't one of the ones I went through. <laughs> but yeah, I think Pete Alonso's the real deal, man. I think he can keep it up. Uh, in other news, though, the, the stuff that usually gets the Mets is now going across town. And I'm knocking on wood as I say this because I don't want to jinx this. And it's affecting the Yankees. And that's the injury bug. Like, bed bugs in New York, you just can't avoid them. The injury bug has bit the Yankees. Yo, boss, get comfortable. Get like a coffee or something, maybe a tea, maybe a book. I'm about to read the entirety of the Yankees' injury Woes, Are you ready?
2: I could probably take a subway ride or a bus ride to your house, and by the time you finish, by the time I'll show up at your door.
1: Giancarlo Stanton, biceps injury. Expected to be back soon.
2: But yeah soon we haven't heard a thing about that. we
1: haven't heard a thing about it and today was supposed to be the original day he came back so not good uh anduhar shoulder injury expected to be out till may 1st uh ben heller a relief pitcher expected to be out till at least june 1st Didi expected to be out from at least Ju- to at least june 15th he of course has the elbow uh Luis syria uh sorry Luis severino has a lat injury expected to be out until at least july 1st Dylan batances Until May 31st with a shoulder injury. Aaron Hicks with a back injury is out until at least May 3rd. Greg Bird is out with a foot injury until May 15th. Troy Tulewiski is out until at least the end of the month with a calf injury. Gary Sanchez also gets hit in the calf. He's expected to be out until at least the end of this week. Aaron Judge... Just went down the other day. He's expected to be out at least until May 28th with a strained oblique. And Jacoby Ellsbury, where he lives, is that d- disabled list or injured list now. Uh, he has a foot injury June 11th. I need to catch my breath. I need some water. I don't know That was a lot. That was a lot of words.
2: That's, that's it? I thought you <laughs> I swore there was more. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean. Honestly, the Yankees have to stay afloat. Luckily, I mean, aside from Severino, their starting pitching hasn't been hit yet. I'm going to throw in a yet in there because I'm sure something's coming. But Paxton has looked really good. Uh, Tanaka's been good. J-Hap hasn't been good, but he had a good start against the Red Sox. CeCe's back, which is nice. I don't think he's giving up a run this year. Um, and then you have Domingo Herman filling in for Severino, so. I'm trying to spin it a positive way, but yeah, they're losing a ton of manpower. I think you just named an all star lineup. Our ace is out, our catcher's out, our shortstop's out, the third baseman is out. You could put Tulo at second base for the hell of it. He's out. Greg Bird is out at first, so there's your infield. Then you have Stanton, Hicks, and Judge in the outfield. There you go. And you could put Del Matanz as closure. closer. Why not? So yeah, they're missing a ton of bodies. Still eleven and ten. I know they played the Orioles, the White Sox, the Orioles again. They played a ton of weak teams, the Royals. Yeah, Yeah, you can go on. It's a very, very weak start to the season, but honestly, I'm just happy that they are over 500, and I hope they can stay at or near anywhere to five above or five below until they start getting help on the manpower. So, yeah, like you said, I think Sanchez is due back early this week, so that'll be nice because he's he's rehabbing uh, today, and then. Judges down to at least the All-Star break, I think, with the strained oblique. That's a huge injury. It's going to take some time. That's your swing, so he's not going to pick up a bat for a while. Stanton is the one that's most frustrating because it's a bicep injury, and that's also tough with swinging. And like I said, when you started the list, I haven't heard a peep. No one has about uh, progress, except that he's doing better, and he'll start taking swings in the cage soon. That's the next step. So I think that's going to be longer than expected. Um And then, yeah, it's Deedee's out, obviously, with the Tommy John till maybe June. And Duhar's like a taking time bomb. He has a partially torn labrum. It's just – it's tough. So, they just got to stay 500. The reinforcements are coming eventually. Uh,
1: yeah, but... right now, looking looking forward to the Yankee schedule, like right now is the time to have these injuries. Now, they do have a right. couple a tough series with the Rays and the Mariners coming up. But in just in terms of the division, you only get Boston twice – until you see them for the next time on May 30th. By that time, if, if everything is coming according to plan, you're at least going to have half the guys that are on that list. You got the four game series with them on, on that weekend, but after that weekend, up until that spot, you got San Diego, Kansas City, Baltimore. Uh, again, in a tough one in Tampa Bay, but Baltimore again. So it's it's right. these, these are not. Minnesota, they're all right. Arizona or is okay. San Francisco sucks. The Angels, eh? You know, right. these, these are not these are guys you could beat.
2: This is a West Coast trip that they're starting uh, today with the Angels, San Francisco, and Arizona. That you should be able to go at least five hundred on. It's right. road game, so it's tough, and it's the West Coast. But these aren't these are three teams that aren't that good. Particularly the Giants, like you said.
1: You guys get Mr. Matthew Harvey today tonight. It says that's right, that's right.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness, Hab and Harvey. That should be a ten nine game.
1: Yeah, it looks like it so far. <laughs> um, let's let's speaking about Boston. Boston is on its way up. They just swept Tampa Bay. Um, they look like they're f- starting to figure it out. Is is the panic in Boston over? Finally, you
2: think? I don't know. They're nine and thirteen now, right? So they just swept. You know what's funny, Tim? I don't know if you saw it or not. The Rays like tweeted before this series, a hype kind of video, and they're like, "Yeah, we're in first place. We're here to stay. You know, we're for real." Blah blah blah. And then they get swept. By Boston. <laughs> so that was hilarious to me. But I'm not sure if I believe in the Red Sox yet. They played all close, like one run games that could have went either way. Honestly, in that series, that whole series. Um, yes, Tampa's a top team, and like I said, I have them in the playoffs. And I'm going to stick to that. But I'm not so sure if Boston's back yet. I'm, I'm going to hold off on that because I still think their bullpen struggles. It looks like or it sounds like they have no intention of signing Craig Kimbrell. Um, it looks like he's going to go elsewhere. And, yeah, there's not much there. Their bullpen continues to struggle. It was better this past series, the, Boston, the Tampa series. But I'm not going to, you know, turn – turn around and say after one series that, yeah, everything is good and gravy in Boston. I really still, still don't think so.
1: I think that this series is going to be an important one. The series coming up against Detroit, a winnable team. Um, they're playing a doubleheader on the 23rd. Uh, so they have actually five games with Detroit, it looks like here. So it's, it's going to be uh, – and they're getting them at Fenway. They have a big ro- uh, homestand coming up. They're at home until the end of the month. They have to turn it around here. It it has to be here because they're gonna see Tampa Bay again. They're gonna have to be Tampa Bay again. Uh, and I I mean this is this is where you have to start turning it around because it's getting to the point. And again, it, you know when when you're a fan of multiple sports and you're a fan of the NBA or and the NFL in particular, you tend to forget that this is a grind. And teams that are 20 games under 500 today, well, not 20 games under 500, but you know I'm paced to be 20 games <laughs> under 500 today can easily change that pace with a hot streak in the middle of the season or with the right move at the trade deadline, a la the Mets when they got uh Yannis Cespedes and went to the World Series. So it's – but it is also a stretch where you're coming off a sweep of the first-place team in the division. Uh You are trying to forget a really, really, really bad start where your pitching has just been atrocious against – Offenses that you can control and that your bad pitching can kind of come around with. So I, I think there's a really important stretch with the Red Sox, uh, even though it may not be important as important in the long run. Technically.
2: Right. And they also lost Nathan Evaldi with, uh, so, you know, something's going on with his elbow. So that's a hit to the already, I feel like thin rotation.
1: Um, Right now, speaking of the American league, Seattle has the most, home runs in baseball by far um now save go park not traditionally a home run park and the guys that are doing it not traditionally home run hitters to this extent is this sustainable do you think this is gonna die out
2: uh i think it's gonna die out but it it is funny because you said by a long stretch i think they're they have double the home runs as third place texas who has 28 i think it's it's uh Seattle at fifty six, the Dodgers at forty four, and I want to say Texas is third at twenty eight. So that's double the third place team. But I think it's gonna die out. Your boy Jay Bruce is popping out dingers left and right. Tim, Crazy. So th- that's gonna die out.
1: He has um, it has to because this this is what he's done as a person who <laughs> watches him. He gets on these torrid streaks where you think to yourself, he's the best player ever, and then the, he goes on these streaks where you're like. How did he even pass high school ball? <laughs> and one of those streaks is coming. But as as for right now, you got to ride out this ridiculous home run pace as you can.
2: Yeah, he's not hitting particularly well, but he is popping out dingers, which is obviously in today's analytical era huge. Um, then you have Vogel back who's having his first full year. He's popping out dingers, and they brought in Edwin Encarnacion, so he's hitting dingers too, and Mitch Haniger. So they're getting contributions from everywhere. I think like Tim Beckham has five home runs already which is uh, interesting, but I don't think it's sustainable, honestly. Particularly, the first reason is that ballpark. And the second reason is, like you said, like Jay Bruce isn't – first of all, he has health issues, so he's probably going to break down. He's their leading power bat. Um, and I think adjustments will be made. Sure, they have Vogel back and Encarnacion, who will probably hit their share of dingers. But guys like Hanager, Tim Beckham, I don't think that they'll be able to sustain you know, a pace – to keep them atop top of the league.
1: Uh, I I've on record of saying this, if Seattle makes a playoffs, I'll be shocked. Um, I know that right now they are hitting dingers left and right. And they're bringing in home these one run games and they're playing exciting ball and they believe in themselves. It, look, it's gonna, it's gonna die out. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it's because of guys like Jay Bruce, uh, it's yeah. because of these guys that are doing things that they've never done in their careers before. And you can't, you can't rely on that to be sustainable. Now, if you're going to sustain it, that's a pretty good division to try and sustain it in because outside of the Astros, there's a path there to a wild card. So if you're going to try, this is the division to try it in, but you're not going to hold off the Astros in the division. And your, your best bet is for a wild card. I would be shocked if they finished 500. I, right. I just can't. They can't pick, keep up this pace.
2: And the A's is also another playoff team from last year in that division. So, right. Yeah. It's it's right. it's a decent division.
1: Um, after a three and twelve start, and probably the worst Rockies offense we've seen in a while, just because the Rockies offense is always good. They've railed off six of seven. They're now nine and thirteen. Have you seen enough to say that the Rockies are back in the mix?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's. It, they're, first of all, it's it's only April, and they'll be playing in Coors Field for another five months. So, Charlie Blackman, who had a monster weekend, isn't going to struggle for as long as he did. Um, Aaron is going to come around. He's an MVP caliber player. Uh, and then the pitching, you know, John Gray's had a good outing. Kyle Freeland has had a couple bad outings. Uh, so, I feel like once they get going is when this team will really turn things around. I know it's the hitting that's struggling most, but the pitching isn't really doing their part either. So, Sure, they had a slow start out of the game, but I think they just won six out of seven, which is nice. And against the Phillies, we're, Phillies were one of their opponents in there. So yeah, they'll come around. I have a feeling they'll be competing for a wild card. I'm not—I can't remember if I had them at the start of the season in a playoff spot or not. But I always like them in the NL West, particularly you know when you have the Diamondbacks, they're a team they can beat up on uh, year round, all oh, throughout the year, and the Padres who got off to a good start. But I think they're a team they can beat up on through as the season progresses.
1: Speaking so no, of, I'm not
2: worried. I'm not worried about the Rockies.
1: I think that look if again if you're gonna struggle struggle early, I think it's it's easy to panic about the Rockies because when the problem with the Rockies is hitting, then you panic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Because you're like, all right, if this team can't hit, then we're fucked. I right. but it's, for me, it's the opposite. Like if the hitting is the problem, and you've been hitting for in that stadium for almost 30 years now, you know the hitting is coming so just relax it'll be all right at least you're not getting blown out 11-0 every, every day take it easy you'll, you'll be back especially again in that division which has a bunch of rebuilding teams that can get teams right real quick like a series against the giants could get a team right real quick the series against the diamondbacks eventually in the year could get a team back on the right track real real quick so I'm not. I'm not as worried. I don't. I don't. I never thought they were out of the mix. Um, one guy that you can not count out of the mix because of what he's done so far in his early career, but really struggling right now is Aaron Nola of the Phillies. Uh, Six point eight four ERA. He brought that down after a start where he gave up three <laughs> runs in five and uh, and two thirds against the Rockies. Um, he was in Colorado on four twenty. So maybe he. Uh, Maybe he has performance-enhancing <laughs> drugs, but he's been getting knocked around. Um, are you nervous about Aaron Nola?
2: I am, especially as a fantasy owner. Um, he had a, I think his only good start was the first start of the season against Atlanta. Uh, he's struggled since. Listen, it could be because of the cold weather. I know Philly, like, I mean, the Northeast is still cold, as we both can attest to that. You know, it's warming up a little bit, but there's some cold nights here. Um, and then he went and pitched in cores, which we just talked about his cores. So I'm still worried, though, regardless. He hasn't looked good in any of his stars. He's walking a ton of guys, which isn't good. And his whip is like a 1-6, which is walks in his printings innings pitched. Typically, you want that around like a 1-1. One one. Elite guys are at a 1. Or, you know, one 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 two is good. 1-6 is not good at all. Uh, his ERA, like you said, is really high, and he's not getting deep into games. So yeah, of course I'm worried. I'm gonna, I'm gonna overreact. I'm worried.
1: And look, he's had games like this before. Um, a stretch. I'm sorry, stretches of games like this before where you he's had four bad games like this. Like for example, in 2017, uh, his his worst stretch of four starts had a 7.33 ERA and a 1.59 whip compared to a 7.45 ERA and a 1.66 whip this year. The problem is that he's not supposed to be regressing like this. Like when you have a young pitcher like Aaron Nola and you're, and you're expecting him to be your ace, it's a problem if he Regresses and you're starting to compare him to four game stretches. Um, from two years ago when he was still finding his way because remember Aaron Nola had a great year last year and he was the runner-up for the Cy Young but the year before that wasn't a fantastic year it was very much a a transition year Um, and so who is the real Aaron Nola we don't know yet is this actually the real Aaron Nola god I hope not
2: I I hope not for the sake of my fantasy team I'm sure you hope so though I I mean it's like your division and your favorite the Mets you know
1: Sure, I mean, I hope so as a Met fan, but I also don't like. I also, I'm not rooting for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, all right, I hear you. All right uh, I was, you
2: know, I was joking. Yeah, I but I because
1: it's it's a shame because he was one of the more electric pitchers in the league. He's one of the guys you love to see uh, pitch, and now and now the, the Phillies, I would be nervous about their staff. I mean, Nick Pavetta's is in AAA, and <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and it's just like. You, you go into the season. You rely
2: on an older Jake Arietta who hasn't looked so good lately. I mean, the last couple of years.
1: Right. And your two ace, aces, uh, quote-unquote aces coming into the season, one of them's got a 70 ERA and one of them's in AAA. That could spell trouble in the future. Yeah, I so. agree. So I'm hoping that happens. Please, God, please let it happen. Um, uh, Joey Gallo hit his first ever sack fly of his career this weekend.
2: <laughs> That's got to be one of the more sad things I've heard in the How is that even possible? That is ineptitude at its finest.
1: Uh, and he's he's like a he's a fly ball guy. That's what I'm what saying. He like I feel
2: like he's either striking out or flying out or hitting a home run. Like there's nothing in between.
1: Um. Speaking of nothing in between, there is nothing in between Christian Yelich and one of uh a back to back MVP at this point in the year. Uh my man is batting five three fifty-three with uh thirteen home runs. That's How right. many? I said thirteen. Okay. One three. Thirteen and thirty-one RBIs. Thirty-one, both the best in the league. His five fifty-three. I mean, 353, excuse me, batting average is fourth in the league, but that's only because there's people in front of him that, uh, you know, it's it's still April. Um, I called this in my overreactions. I said Christian Yelich is the best player in the National League. Uh, I can't really – can you even argue against it at this
2: point? No, it's no longer an overreaction, either.
1: How could, how could you <laughs> – if you're a Marlins fan, how could you be watching this happen and not be completely sick to your stomach?
2: Bro, they traded away in- – uh, all-star freaking outfield for years. It's crazy. But, yeah, Yelich like, this dude had 10 hits last week, eight of them for home runs. And just this past weekend against the Dodgers, I felt like every time they would cut away from a game I was watching, i would be like, oh, and let's swing it to Milwaukee where Christian Yelich is going yard again. So this dude is I- – I think he's unstoppable. And he's on pace to break the home run record. And does he ever – get retired by a starting pitcher or any pitcher in baseball? Or is he just a god? Do do you know what's crazy?
1: You can kind of see this his entire career that it was coming. And now it's just coming to fruition. It's a beautiful thing to see.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you get out of that shitty stadium that was in Miami and you go to a nice hitter-friendly ballpark in uh, Milwaukee. That's for sure. That definitely helps going to Miller Park. But yeah, I mean, he was always a great contact there, and now the power is coming with it because it's such an easier park to hit in.
1: Uh, last episode, by the way, someone in on Twitter called me out. I said that Christian Yelich was twenty four years old. My bad, he's twenty seven years old. Like, I gotta, I want to fix that. Um, but even you
2: got that baby face look, though, you got that he baby does. And, and also, show.
1: yo, do you want to hear something crazy about me? Something I'm number dyslexic, with only four and all sevens. Like I confused. Are you really? Them. Yeah, it's gotten me into some trouble.
2: Yeah, just like whoever <laughs> called you out on the podcast.
1: Yeah, I was like, "Damn, <laughs> you're right," but there's nothing I can do about it. Can do it, so about it. Um, with that being said, though, that's it for our baseball talk today. Um, hit us on on everything Instagram, Twitter. Let us know what you think about bafflets. Let us know if you want us to talk about anything on the podcast. Um, Nick, where could they find you if they want to contact you?
2: at Ndivito27 on Twitter and the gram.
1: And you can find me at Timber tribe on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. Also, don't forget uh, to follow the whole crew at Veterans Minimum on all social media outlets as well, as well as... Visiting our Patreon, patreon.com slash veteransminimum. And while you're there, if you could give us a donation, we'd be mighty, mighty thankful. Uh, we promise we're using your funds to do the most things we can and expand the brand as much as we can. Um, so continue, please, to support us. For those of you supporting us, for those of you not supporting us, if you could afford it, I understand if you can't, you know, and not everyone could afford it. I get it. At least continue listening to us for free. We appreciate that, too. Uh, Leave a a review on iTunes uh, and all that good stuff. And anything else, boss?
2: We bid you adieu.
1: We bid you adieu. Thank you guys so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time.